Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. So we in week six of our series, Walking the Way, Living from the Life Maps of God. And over the last few weeks, we've been digging into the Word of God, prayer, silence and solitude, and identity. And each topic we've been unpacking to its core so we can learn and grow, helping us to become fully, deeply formed and fully devoted to Christ. And I think that's, that's the way we're going as a church. We want to become deeply formed, change the deepest part of our core, fully devoted to Christ. In Psalm 19, 7-9, it says, It is God who pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear, and they point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been speaking about the principle of the path. And the principle of the path is our daily decisions, not our intentions, determine our destination. It's our daily decisions that direct our lives and take us to a destination or destinations. So today I want to speak about one of, the, one of the steps on the pathway of life. And this step requires us to understand the church and the importance of church, community, which helps us live a life of fullness. And this morning I want us to understand and become more aware of three important truths. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is not the building. It's who we are. And the church is the body of Christ. The first point, the bride. There is something that God created that is so precious, so precious that he called it his bride. The bride of Christ, and that is the church. When Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He's talking about a relationship between a husband and a wife. And he's comparing the husband to Christ and the wife to the church. And just as the bridegroom loves his bride, so God adores his church. He hasn't just professed it in words, but also showed it through undeniable actions. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. And just as a good husband acts, so God's actions towards the church are always full of love. He nourishes, cherishes her in everything. She is not left alone, ever. He has her back. He provides for her, protects her in all things. And just as two people make vows during the wedding day, on their wedding day to promise to love each other no matter what, so God's love is the same towards us. He makes the same promise. To never leave us nor forsake us. John Piper says, the church is the bride of Christ. And he loves her with an everlasting love. He has promised to never leave her nor forsake her. So let us cling to him with all our hearts. The church is precious to God. But I ask myself the question, is it my priority? I can come here every Sunday, Jared, but am I being intentional about being planted in community? 
Number two, the building. The word church is generally seen as a building, an organization with a pastor that stands up here every Sunday and preaches the word. Or it's seen as a Sunday activity. Some people see, as a, see, as, see it as a cult, and people that drive past us see us as happy clappies on a Sunday. That is seen as the church. But the church is far from that. It's actually a living, breathing movement of God's people living in community, seeking to follow his maps, life maps, for both their lives individually and, and collectively. Martin Luther King Jr. says, the church is not an organization, but an organism. It's alive. I can understand why some people see church as an organization, but church is an organism. In, in Peter 1 verse 25, we are told, we are, a living, we are living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. This is an odd metaphor, but it means we are each a living, breathing part of the church that God has brought together for his purpose. Each of us individually, collectively, are a living, breathing part of the church. Church is not made up of bricks. It's a living organism that is constantly growing and moving and breathing life through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the church. Billy Graham says the church is not the building, it's the people. The church is not where we go. The church is who we are. And I, and I sense there needs to be a shift in our mindsets. We don't come to church. We are the church. Wherever we go. In Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus tells Peter, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This was Jesus' own words. This was a prophecy from Jesus for what was to come. He predicted us 2,000 years ago. Every time we gather together with other believers to worship and learn, just like we're doing this morning, we are present day fulfillments of Jesus' words from 2,000 years ago. He predicted this. Prophesied this. Now the word church in, the verse, in this verse in Greek, ecclesia, can be described as a simple gathering or an assembly of people called out for a specific purpose. A simple gathering or an assembly of people called out for a specific purpose. So this word, Ecclesia, is people who have been called out by God that gather together around their king anytime, anywhere, any place. Where two or more gather, there he is. Acts 2 verse 42 says, They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instructions of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. A devoted life is a transformed life. The early Christians were devoted to learning from the apostles. They were devoted, committed. They were committed to learning from the apostles who had personally been taught by Jesus, the word of God. They also, also shared a deep sense of community, forming a relationship with other believers, not just talking on a Sunday when they see each other at church. The word says they met together regularly to worship God, 
pray and support each other so they could grow and be encouraged. They met regularly to support each other so they could grow. It's a beautiful description of the early church community. It shows us how these early believers lived their lives in following the life maps of God. This passage can inspire us to also learn how to walk on the pathway of life with Jesus individually and collectively. Us being the church is very important. Us living that out is very important because it, sh it shows the world who God is. It reveals God to the world. It makes the invisible God visible. John 13 verse 35 says, Jesus said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And as the disciples lived out Acts 2 verse 42, the Bible says that every day the number grew as God added to those being saved. You see, when we become the church, living, breathing, God will build his church and the number of those being saved will be increased. When we become the church, God will build his church. It's not Pastor Grant's responsibility. It's not the preacher's responsibility. It's not the serve team's responsibility to build a church. It's our responsibility together. Point number three, the body. When we become the church, we fulfill the role of being the body of Christ. The hands, the feet, the ears, the eyes of Jesus, living, loving, and serving each other and the world around us. Each other and the world around us. We can't just serve the world around us if we're not looking after each other. I think the focus point is always serving the world and we neglect serving each other. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27 says, Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. Collectively and individually. I know that can be confusing. But individually and collectively, we form the body. Jesus is the head of the body, always. He's the head of the church. And the Holy Spirit gives life to this body and leads and guides it and directs it. The body of Christ is a powerful metaphor. It shows us how we are all interconnected and interdependent on each other, but part of the same body. Just as different parts of the body have different functions, so too different members of this body of Christ have different functions. But we all need each other to grow and mature. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 25 says, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together. Every part dependent on every other part. The two words that stand out for me in the scripture is together and dependent. Together and dependent. Okay. You see, God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. There are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Even a sore toe could cause a whole body to limp. 
which shows you the importance of knowing how to take care of each other and the importance of each individual part that forms a body. If you're missing one toe, you're not going to walk correctly. For the body to work properly, each member of the body is important. And they need to understand that all members are useful and necessary. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest, like the toe, and least important are actually the most necessary. Sometimes you'll see, you'll think that, you know, maybe you're outside and you're part of the serve team and you're directing people where to park and you think this is not really a weighty job or responsibility. But you're the first point of contact when someone comes here. And most of the, 99% of the time when we come here, everyone is happy and smiling and so welcoming. You're the reason why people come back. You're the reason why people get saved. You play an important part, even if you think it's just guarding the traffic outside or showing people where to park or welcoming them. Every person who's, who is saved by Jesus has a part to play, even me and you. We cannot live independently. Each one of us is a limb of the body. The body will remain alive without a limb, but the limb without a body will die. We won't spiritually survive alone. We cannot grow in isolation. That's why one of the tactics of the devil is to get us alone. He makes us believe that community is not necessary. He tries to force us not to pick up the phone and phone a friend when we're struggling because we think they're too busy or they might not understand. He wants us silent. He wants us disconnected. I know that too well. Disengaging from the body and the church to go be Jesus and you alone is a dangerous decision. It cannot be Jesus and you alone. We need to realize how important the unity of the body of Christ is. Rick Warren says the body of Christ is not a collection of perfect people, but a community of forgiven sinners who are learning to love and serve one another. This is not a place for perfect people. Otherwise, I would have been fired a long time ago. I would have been the first fired. But I think sometimes we have that mentality where it feels like, you know, we're only worthy to come here if we've had a great week. You know, stayed away from those guilty pleasures, those sinful behaviors, those habits. No, we come anyway. Come as you are, yes. So then let us learn together to love one another unconditionally, serve one another, pray for one another. And as we do this, help each other grow and become more deeply formed within as we become powerful witnesses to the world of the love of Christ. This is a practical step. We're not going to always feel like doing this. We're going to have to force ourselves sometimes. Force ourselves to make decisions that are healthy for our destiny. And when we decide to be planted in community, this decision we make 
will direct our lives into a destination of flourishing. It's a kingdom principle. When we decide to be planted, our lives will flourish. So when we commit to being the bride in the building, living as the body of Christ, our lives are planted automatically in community and we are positioned for growth. As I said earlier, if it wasn't for me making a decision daily to be planted, which I don't always get right either, I wouldn't be able to overcome some of the things that I've overcome. And even today as I push through my panic attacks, if it wasn't for Pastor Grant encouraging me in the midst of my feelings, that's community, that's church. I wouldn't be up here preaching today. The Bible says in Psalm 92, 13 to 15, those that, be, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. The word planted conveys the meaning of being stationary or permanent. When something is planted, it does not move around. It is fixed in a position. That's how God designed it. For example, when a tree is planted in soil, it grows. That's how God designed it. Same with church. We will thrive when we are planted in church. But for too long, we've had people bounce around from church to church, never being rooted, looking for preference rather than being planted. But when we decide, when I decide to be planted in the house of the Lord, we connected to the source of life and strength through the Holy Spirit and through people. The word flourish is defined as to break forth as a bud. That's what it means. In other words, breakthrough. So I don't know this morning who's needing a breakthrough. I don't know who has been through times where they've needed a breakthrough. I know for me there's been many times in my life that I've needed breakthrough. And I found it because I was in the house of the Lord. And there are going to be many more times I'm going to need breakthrough until the day I die. So that's why I'm going to remain planted in the house of the Lord. Breakthrough can be growth, healing, change, miracles, blessings, provision. It's all different for each of us. And when we choose to be planted, our flourishing will not just be limited to our relationship with Christ. It will extend to every area of our lives, mental, emotional, spiritual, and relational. Being planted allows us to bear fruit every stage of life, even in our old age. The benefits of being planted are you'll be equipped to do God's will. You'll find spiritual food to eat. You'll have a sense of belonging, and you'll be spiritually challenged the one we dislike the most. Ultimately, when we are planted, we'll be more fruitful, have more faith, and be more fulfilled. So let's not allow church to become an accessory to our relationship with Jesus in community with other believers when it's actually a pathway for our spiritual well-being and growth. Because when church becomes an optional activity for us, it plays into the devil's tactic for our, for our lives. 
Tony, Dr. Tony Evans said, Satan's primary strategy is to keep believers divided. That's it, isolated, divided. I sense in a world that is constantly changing and uncertain, it is now more than ever important for me, for us, to be planted in God's house. Because we know how much is going, going on in our lives and how much stuff is going, out, going on in the world around us. Crazy stuff. That's why Paul the Apostle wrote to the church in Hebrews 10, verse 25, with, this, with these prophetic words for such a season. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onwards as we anticipate that day dawning. This is not the time to pull away and neglect. Let's meet more frequently. Let's be eager to encourage each other, urge each other onwards. We cannot win alone. We cannot overcome alone. We cannot heal alone. Church is a vital part of the Christian life and the pathway that God has for us, living out the life maps of God. A God-inspired decision, I sense, for me and for us, is making church a priority after hearing this word because it helps us live from purpose instead of pressure. It helps us to know God more and it helps us to find freedom and healing. As we land, I had to ask myself this question. If the church is part of who I am, am I planted? Or do I just attend Sunday services? Even though I preach, I can preach and not be planted. And this, this question really challenged me. Because I feel like there is more I could do to be planted in this house. That'll be good for me, my family, my kids, and the people around me. It's a ripple effect. So I sense it would be a good question to ask yourself. 